thanks for joining us here at All Nations. We are a church in love with Jesus with a passion for you. Our mission is to bring those who are lost into a life fully devoted to Jesus. If you want to learn more about us as a church and what we do, you can visit us online at allnationswestend.com. Join us today as we hear from our senior pastor, Ross Coco. Hallelujah. Well, I have a message. And tonight, the message is on a topic that most of us have experienced in our lives and perhaps some of us continue to experience in our lives. The title of tonight's message is Overcoming Disappointment. Overcoming Disappointment. But as I like to do, I always like to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you most of all for your precious son, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you came and touched my life some 20 years ago and you changed and transformed my life. That today is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And I just thank you, Lord, that you continue to change and transform my life. I thank you, Jesus, that you saw fit to come into many people's lives in this place and that you've changed and transformed their lives. And Lord, I just pray that we would live a life according to what is worthy of our calling. I pray, Lord, that all of us would have a greater revelation of who you are and of your love. I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, to be able to overcome disappointment, first we need to recognize how do we become disappointed? How does disappointment come into our life? I've listed four areas or that are a source of disappointment, four key areas that cause or create disappointment in a person's life. I'll just list them and then we'll go through them. Number one is an expectation that has not been fulfilled. Number two is a sense of failure or that you have failed in life. Number three, an unrealistic view of life. And number four is a lack of faith and hope. A lack of faith and hope. So, Firstly, let's look at the first reason on the list here for disappointment. And that is, it's an expectation that is not being fulfilled. Firstly, we need to look at the source of what that expectation is. Is it from God and does it line up with the will of God? If you are disappointed because something that you have expected has not occurred, you need to look at where the source of that expectation is from. The reality is that everything that we desire is not always good. In some situations, it's actually a blessing that we do not receive that for which we have desired. Because it could be detrimental to us, or perhaps it doesn't line up with the will of God for our life. If there is a particular desire that you have expected 
to be fulfilled and it hasn't and a weight of disappointment has come upon you, then I would encourage you to seek the Lord. Seek understanding and wisdom from Him. If you've been burdened down with a disappointment, you need to seek God. Why is that disappointment there? Church, there can be many reasons behind it. But why that which you've longed and desired for to obtain has not been received, sometimes it is because it's not God's timing yet. Sometimes it doesn't mean that you won't receive it. In fact, delay does not mean denial. Or perhaps your life has been out of order and you're not yet ready to receive what God has for you. Sometimes there needs to be a change or a transformation in our life to enable us to receive what God has prepared. We all undergo a continuous process called sanctification, but we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in our life. We need to allow the Spirit of God to work deep in our hearts so that we can become more like Christ. That is the purpose. That is the Holy Spirit's job in our life. It is to make us to become more Christ-like. See, we can't become more like Christ as Christians unless the Holy Spirit does the work in our life. We can't do it in our own strength. You'll never, ever make it. You'll always fail. The only way that you can become more Christ-like is to allow the Spirit of God to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and your life will then reflect Christ. Hallelujah. Sometimes... When we have a desire, it doesn't line up with God's will. We should always pray and ask God, if we have a desire, is it His will for our life? And if it is His will, I believe that you will receive a peace and assurance that it is the will of God. See, then when you have that peace and assurance, then you can totally trust and rest in God for that thing that you've desired or that you've hoped for. If you don't have a peace, then you need to question the desire in the first place and whether that aligns with God's will. If you have this peace, if you have this knowingness, if your relationship with God is secure, then you'll be like the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk in chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, let's read through this. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation." The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills to, 
he will, um, sorry, make me walk on my high hills. Hallelujah. So here we have the prophet Habakkuk who's uh, written this many, many years before Christ. But here we have someone that is secure in his relationship with God. Here's someone who knows no matter what happens around him, it doesn't change his relationship with God. It doesn't change his view of who God is because his circumstances do not depend on his relationship. See, that's the key, church. Today, your relationship with God does not depend on your circumstances. Your relationship with God is by faith. It's about trusting God no matter what is going on in your life. See, that is the relationship, and that's where it needs to be founded, by faith. Hallelujah. So let's move on to the second reason why you may feel disappointment in your life. Here is because of a sense of failure. See, in the world, it is all about success and being successful. And that is placed upon us from a very young age, that you have to have some title after your name to be someone. You need to obtain high grades at school, and then you need to go on to university. And when you don't, and, and when you, um, don't achieve these things, which are often ridiculous expectations, then you feel the sense of failure in your life. And sadly, that can be opposed upon, um, imposed upon you by the people that are closest to you, by family and by friends. See, failure is something that we determine about ourselves. We are the ones that create that mindset. See, God doesn't see you as a failure. God sees you as being successful. He sees past all your shortcomings. He sees past all your inadequacies. Because he knows that if you submit to him and his spirit lives in you, there is nothing that you cannot do in Christ. Hallelujah. See, church... There are many accounts of people that failed even in the Bible. And there's a reason why they're placed there. In the Old Testament, Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and Samson and King David and Solomon, the list goes on. They all had some type of failure in their life. And then we can look at the New Testament. We see John the Baptist. We see Thomas. We see Peter and the Apostle Paul. We see all of them experience some form of failure in their life. None of them were perfect. Hallelujah. See, but this is the key, church. It's only failure if you remain there and you believe it. That's the only time it becomes failure. There was a song by a group called Chumba Wamba. And the lyrics went something like this. Don't shoot me down if I start singing. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. But you know, there's prophetic 
there's a real prophetic thing in those words. You know, there is an equivalent to that in the Scriptures. And it's one of my go-to Scriptures in times of tribulation. It's Micah chapter 7, verse 8. It says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. See, I can paraphrase, when I fall, I will arise. When I get knocked down, I will get up again. When I get knocked down, I'll get up again. See, that is the key, church. Sometimes we get knocked down in life. Sometimes things don't go our way. But the key is not to stay down, but to get up again. Hallelujah. See, that is the key. That's the point of victory. The devil wants to see you down. He wants to see you miserable. He wants to see you at a point where you give up in life. But God is saying to you, although you're down, get up again. I'm with you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will lift you up out of the pit and out of the miry clay, and I will establish your feet upon the rock. Hallelujah. That is what God is saying to you. Hallelujah. See, church, the reality is that at some time in our life, we have all failed, and the Bible tells us that. Because in Romans 3.23, it says this, For all have sinned, and all fall short of the glory of God. We have all failed. And we, the only reason why we stand is because we stand by the grace of God. We stand by the grace of God. And know this, that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Your old life was a failure. But guess what? You are no longer a failure, but you are rather a winner in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven says this, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's move on to the third reason why we experience disappointment. And it is because sometimes we have an unrealistic view of life. Life becomes what is portrayed in Hollywood, in the movies. We've adopted this view that life is just, or should be, this easy, carefree walk. It should be easy and carefree. That's the view that we adopt. But I will tell you, the Bible says this in John 16, 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, where are we now, church? We're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, Jesus promised us in those verses a carefree life. Absolutely not. not. There's not anywhere where Jesus said you're going to have a carefree life. In fact, 
Jesus has proclaimed that they persecuted him and they will also persecute you. What did Jesus promise? He said there that if you remain in him, he will give you an unexplainable peace that even whilst you are going through all your trials and tribulations in this life, you will have peace. Amen. And then he also went on to say to rejoice in knowing that he has overcome all these things that you might be going through in your life. He has overcome them. He overcame them on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Another unrealistic expectation that many have is perhaps in marriage, as Pastor Alex was speaking about all the problems that we have in marriages. And perhaps ladies are a little bit more vulnerable in this area. A little bit. When you get married one day, they might think they're going to marry, they're like a princess marrying the perfect prince, like a fairy tale. And your prince has built you this beautiful big palace of a house. And everything is perfect every day. You wake up each morning and he's beside your spouse and he's perfect and he tells you how much he loves you and how beautiful you are, even without your makeup on. And then he gets up and he makes you breakfast. While you're eating your breakfast, he gives you a little foot massage. Then he gets dressed, ready for work, and gives you a kiss while departing out the door. Then you go and relax a little bit and perhaps go and do some shopping. Then you might go out and buy a new pair of shoes and perhaps a new outfit, which, by the way, you do not feel guilty about or worry about. The price tag, because you don't have any financial burdens. And your husband is very happy for you to do so. Then he comes home from work and, he's, and you prepared him this beautiful meal and he's so grateful. And then he sits down with you after on the couch, holding your hand and asking you how your day was and listens to what you have to say for hours. That, now I want to ask... How many women have that marriage? <laughs> see, but see, this is the problem, is that we have unrealistic expectations, and that's why we get disappointed. We have unrealistic expectations, and that why we, that's why we get disappointed. But don't think that you men are off the hook. Hang on. I've, 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 left, I've left you for last. So, the next thing. Men think they married a woman that's always going to be loving towards them, never disagrees or argues with them, who has their meals prepared and is a great cook, a woman that will always agree and not question the wise decisions you make, especially when you buy your men's toys like motorbikes, spending money at Bunnings for tools that you never seem to use, or you just go out with the boys and come home at some ungodly hour, and your wife is just happy to agree to agree with you. And not only does she do all these things like cooking, washing, ironing, raising the children, she works a couple of days to help pay the bills. See, church, 
that is why we have problems in marriages. Because both parties have unrealistic expectations of each other. See, there will always be disappointment when you expect that from your spouse. And it may seem funny that, you know, I, I said all those things, but subconsciously, a lot of people think that and expect it. We will always um, have disappointment if we hold on to the world's values. See, we need to have, as Pastor Alex spoke, an attitude of gratitude for our husband and for our wife, that that is the person that you chose and you committed to before God. Amen? Amen. Warts and all, imperfections, all things, you chose that person before God. And you need to abide by that commitment. But it won't. Your marriage can be beautiful if you look at things differently. Your life is the same. Your life won't reek of disappointment if you don't have unrealistic expectations. That's why, church, people get disappointed because they think They have this unrealistic expectations that there are no trials, there are no tribulations in life. But Jesus told us that you will have trials and you will have tribulations. You will go through difficult things in your life. But Jesus told us to rejoice because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. See, church, when we put everything in the right perspective, when we put our lives in the right perspective, when we put our marriages in the right perspective, when we put our family, our friends, our work, when everything is placed in the right perspective, it's amazing how our mindset will change. It's amazing how negativity will start to leave you. Hallelujah. Let's move on to the last reason for disappointment, the fourth reason. It's a lack of faith and hope. See, it is so important that we continue in the hope of our salvation on the reward that is awaiting everyone who is in Christ. We are given a prize, we are given a gift that there is no amount of material possessions, there's no amount of money upon this earth that could ever pay for eternal life with Christ Jesus. When we put things in the right perspective, then it's amazing how disappointment will start to leave you. Proverbs 29.18 Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Amen. That's in the King James Version. See, we need to keep focused on the things of God, not allowing the negativity of circumstances to dictate your thought life or your life. You need 
a, a vision to produce hope. We all need a vision to produce hope. It says that people or a man or a woman without a vision perishes. We lose hope. We lose what we're about on this earth and why we're here. We need to have a vision. And then we need to produce faith. And as we know in Romans 10, 17, it says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do we gain faith? We need to get into the word of God to bring forth a new reality and to encourage ourselves and to change the way we think. Amen. I'm going to give you seven scriptures here. We're going to just read through them quickly. Psalm 27, 14. It says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Next one. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment, his favour is for life. Weeping may endure at night for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Psalm 34.10, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Psalm 55.22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Hallelujah. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are caught who are the called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40, verse 28 to 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, the big but, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Hallelujah. And the last one there is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing when we read those words, how faith starts to rise up, how we can get encouraged when we've been feeling discouraged. We need to learn to trust the Lord with all our hearts. The Word of God will anchor you just as an anchor holds a boat from being smashed against the rocks during a storm. The Word of God, it will anchor you, stopping you from being smashed or discouraged by the devil. When the fiery trials come and the stormy tribulations come in life, disappointment can come in a number of ways, as we've discussed tonight. But the Lord, He will encourage you. He will give you peace because he is the Prince of Peace. 
the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be made manifest in your life, provided you stay connected to the source. You need to stay connected to the source. Church, if you had been discouraged or disappointed because of the four things we discussed, an expectation that has not been fulfilled, that you've thought that you are a failure, or that you've had some unrealistic view of life or even your marriage, or you have lacked hope and faith, tonight it can all change around for you. If you would only believe and trust the Lord with all your heart, take a step of faith and trust Him. He will never let you down. See, we are the ones that let ourselves down because we either get into the flesh and then we allow our minds to be manipulated by the devil. But we need to stay anchored to the Lord and we need to get up each morning and say these words from our heart, precious Lord, have your way in my life today. Amen. Thank you for connecting with us. We would love the chance to stay in contact with you. We want to help you find your next steps in life with vision and purpose through Jesus Christ. If you haven't already, you can jump onto our website.